Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, they're the best in the business at getting you the right insurance, the best price. It is at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. A couple quick notes before we get to the play-by-play call of the day and to Tim Kirkchen. Red Sox twins were postponed today after the shooting in uh, suburban Minneapolis. Uh, the game between the Nets and the T-Wolves at the Target Center, which literally is next to Target Field. I mean, if you look over right field beyond the seats at Target Field, that's where the Target Center is. That's been postponed. And then across the river in St. Paul, the Minnesota Wild were supposed to play the St. Louis Blues tonight. That has been postponed, and that will be played on May 12th. All right, our play-by-play call of the day. Uh, Yeah, we could have picked Hideki Matsuyama, but instead, we picked Alec Bone with the perfect miss. One ball, two strikes. The pitch swung on and popped in the air left side near the line. Challenge. Ozuna getting under it. He's going to make the catch. Bone tagging. He's coming home. Here's the throw, and he is safe. Safe, they say at home plate. Bone somehow got his foot in under the tag of Darno. Oh, my. Look at a sneaky slider guy. And if this stands, the Phillies have the lead by an eyelash. Seven to six here in the top of the ninth inning. And that's the call of Scott Fransky on the Phillies radio network. And with that, we bring in Tim Kirchin from ESPN. Tim, welcome. It's great to have you with us, as always. Uh, my pleasure, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Oh, okay, everything is good. I'm still covering games from the studio, but uh, we're doing the best we can. And you are doing the best you can, no question. All right, so let's. It's been an interesting week uh, with the bone play at home plate and the Michael Conforto uh, elbow in the strike zone. What are your thoughts on each of those two places? One's reviewable, one is not. But what were your thoughts on both those plays? Well, the umpires got them wrong both times, and that's unfortunate. Now, I am very much a pro-umpires guy on the tiniest level possible. I umpired a million games when I was younger. I like to think I understand how difficult the job is, and the umpires do a great job, period. But the, the Conforto play, he clearly was hit by a pitch, that while he was in the strike zone, and it was actually for a split second called a strike, and the umpires made a mistake. They should have gotten together, as they did, and someone should have said, 
to Ron Culpa, the home plate umpire. I saw that as a strike. I saw him in the strike zone. But the biggest problem with the play is it's not reviewable. And all yes. we care about is getting everything right. And the rules should be should make that play reviewable. If we're going to review a guy stealing second and taking his foot off the bag for a millionth of a second, then we should have a rule in place where we can review whether a guy actually leaned into a pitch and got hit by a strike. That's a strike, and it should have been a strike out there. So that was my concern with that. The umpire should not have allowed that to happen. As for the Alec Bohm play, I watched it live. I thought he was safe. I thought he had beaten the play. But I'm, I'm watching it on TV, and it's close. It's bang, bang. But the replays, I thought, clearly showed that Alec Bohm never touched the plate. Therefore, he should have been called out. But they looked at every angle, and they still called him safe. And I'm not sure why. And I think they got that one wrong, too. So that just tells me replay is fallible, and we have to make it better. Yeah, I broadcast the Penn State-Indiana football game, Tim. So I I can tell you, I personally think replays, there's some issues along the way. Uh, First of all, I'm in complete agreement with you on the umpires, or really any official. They're... They have so many calls that are bang bang in real time that that are correct. That my my admiration for them is off the charts. It doesn't mean they get everything right because you and I don't get everything right. But I, I think that when I look at with the job they do, it's really hard, and they're really good at it. Yeah, I I totally agree, and that's that's the problem here is that. You know, a very wise friend of mine who lives in Washington, D.C., who's deeply involved in politics, says we have a, a saying here in Washington, when you try to make something perfect, you might not even make it better. And that's part of the problem with replay. Look, I understand we have to get calls right, but you're opening up a box when you have a replay system. And if you're going to have a replay system, it has to work exceptionally well every single night or else people are going to be upset about it and that was the case here because when people have the technology that we have to see the plays that the umpire sees um and we can look at it a hundred times over that's where the problems come in and twitter doesn't help things when 10 million people get on twitter and say how could you miss that call i just don't know how in the replay system they couldn't see that he didn't touch touch home plate and that that's the problem with that play right exactly exactly right uh all right so early season uh, in this season certain guys have been hurt fernando tatis jr for example what has been a theme early that has interested you so far well we've had some teams that we did not expect to be any good who have won a bunch of games already the reds are the highest scoring team in in baseball and they were not supposed to be a particularly good team this year the orioles swept to the the red sox right out of the gate and that certainly wasn't supposed to happen um and then of course the red sox who looked so terrible the first three games have now won six games in a row. So it's just another reminder what Brian Snitker, the manager of the Braves, told me. He said, I hate 
the beginning of the season. I hate it because everything is so magnified, good or bad, that people get so out of shape about things. They overreact on so many things because the Braves lost their first four and then won their next four. So I think that's just another reminder. We need to give a 162-game season a chance to find its rhythm and not get too hot or bothered about anything this early because we've had a lot of surprises. But this is baseball. That's the beauty of the sport. It rarely ever follows any sort of script. Well, something that hasn't followed script always has been Aaron Judge. Boy, when he plays, it's not just the home runs, but I love how he plays defense, angles, his arm. But he's not in the lineup all the time. When you look at him, Tim, what are you seeing as a player, and what about the recurring injuries? Well, he's a he's a really, really good player, and he's wildly athletic, and he really cares, and he really tries, but he's really big, too, and it's not a game built for somebody who's 6'7", 282 pounds. I've done all the research on really tall hitters, and it's a very, very short list of guys 6'6", or taller, who have had really good major league careers, and baseball is a very simple game in order to get injured and because it's such a skill sport that if you you know if you break a finger you can't play baseball if you can't run you can't play baseball and Aaron Judge has had his share even though he's as big as strong a guy as you'll ever see but um, I would be a little worried about his injuries he's you know he hasn't played more than 112 games since 2017 and that's a problem. But I don't think what he has now, which he's playing through, is anything major. And I don't think this is anything to particularly worry about. But the Yankees can't make the playoffs, I don't believe, this year unless he's good and plays all the time. And one of the great underrated parts of our best players is durability. Do Are you able to go out there all the time? And Aaron Judge has had a hard time doing that. But he's still too young and too athletic for me to say, all right, this is a real problem. He's going to get hurt every year for the rest of his life. I'm not going there yet. Now, now about Shohei Otani. Uh, obviously, contrary to popular belief, I was not alive when Ruth played, so, <laughs> so I, can't, I can't get into that part of it. When you watch somebody that can throw one on one and hit one four twenty one, what are we seeing in him? Well, we're seeing a once-in-a-generation player. I mean, Babe Ruth was really the last guy that did anything like this. But even Babe Ruth, in his own right, just wasn't pitching every fifth day and playing another position while he was pitching. He still pitched after he gave up pitching, but it was was irregular. He wasn't in a regular rotation. So what Otani's doing really has never quite been done like he's trying to do it. And if you can hit a ball that's thrown 100 miles an hour and the exit velocity is over 100 miles an hour and you can throw 100 miles an hour you're the only one in the game that really can do that and that's why I think he is a physical freak and I think they should try to play him on both sides let him pitch and let him hit when he's not pitching or even when he is and just see how it goes now his health of course is the most important thing. If he keeps getting hurt, you can't let him do both. But as long as he can stay healthy, he is such a a weapon in both ways. 
that I say ride this out until he says, I can't do this anymore, or until he, he gets hurt enough where you say, all right, this doesn't make any sense. But we haven't seen anyone like him. Let's keep watching it until it doesn't work anymore. And part of that him not working is the fact that, and this happens to pitchers, it's not because he's doing both, but he missed his last start with a blister problem. Uh, are the Angels concerned that it could be a recurring problem? Well, blisters are always tricky. And, you know, Jim Palmer explained to me a long time ago with the field needed to throw a baseball, to spin a curveball, throw a slider the right way. If one of your fingers simply isn't working because you have an enormous cut on it from a blister, you can't be an effective pitcher. And sometimes those blisters come back. Guys have been dealing with that forever. I don't think this is anything major. But it can be recurring because just when you think, all right, he's over the blister, it tears open again, and there goes his effectiveness or some of it as a pitcher. So I'm not going to get worried about one blister, but with more and more injuries to all of our pitchers, it's something you always got to keep your eye on. Finally, Tim, uh, obviously it seems like it's it's a week-by-week basis, but has ESPN given you guys any idea when they might open the door to letting everybody back in the ballpark to work games? Well, we're hoping and we're guessing after the All-Star break we'll hopefully be back in Major League ballparks. Now, look, I'm the happiest guy in the world that I get to cover baseball, whether it's from my home or from a studio or from the ballpark, but there is no substitute no substitute for being at the ballpark so i can't wait i can't i mean i love the way i I get to do my job now but i can't do it as well unless i'm at the park i wander around talk to as many players coaches managers as i can and without that freedom it's i'm not doing the same job but we're hoping that things are going to clear by this summer and it's going to be safe and open for all sorts of broadcasters and writers to go to the ballpark safely, and I'm I'm hoping that day comes sooner rather than later. We hope so too, Tim. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for your valuable time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you, Tim Kirchin from ESPN. He is so good at what he does, and you know what? He always like talking to the people like Tim Kirchin. Fran Fischel is the same way. That have just a genuine, natural enthusiasm for what they're doing, a passion for it. Now, the only time we get mad passionate, unfortunately, about things is when he's mad. Uh, it's, <laughs> and, there's like, and there's certain like key words where I can just say, I, I, <laughs> Howie Roseman. Uh, and then it's a boom, just kicks right in. Kicks right in. So, Okay. We will come back with more in a moment. Uh, Brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Uh, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Steve Jones, Matt Catrillo. Meanwhile, working hard in his office, uh, Doug Birdsong, working hard in his office, Dave Cicchini, his entire coaching staff, players on the practice field. One member of the Bucknell football family has decided it's a good time to take a vacation. <laughs> Just... <sighs> he emotionally hasn't been the same since he called Shikalimi's first basketball championship since 1979. <laughs> now he thinks he can just, quote, show up. <laughs> it's something that hadn't happened to him before. So, makes you feel different, I guess. I don't know. Now he just thinks he doesn't need any prep time. Probably has people now working for him. <laughs> there are actually services, in all seriousness. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Well, I get these emails all the time about how I can buy uh, depth charts that they put together, spotting charts. And, the, and they're rarely, they're really integrated. It's not just, okay, Jahan Dotson... Wide receiver, you know, high weight, senior, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. It's more than that. They've got his stats on there, a couple quick notes about him in there. And like, wow. I mean, it's rather detailed. It's rather intricate. And I do know of some of my colleagues that, not all, but some, when I mean some, I mean a couple, that use these services. I mean, it's... You look at the board, and you're like, wow, it's pretty good. And to me, I, I need to do something. It's got to be on my own. I have to be able to put it together myself. You have a tendency, I think, at least in my case, to commit it to memory better when you're the one actually doing it. And I think that's, you know, that's why I'll never go with something like that. Not be, not that they're not good, because obviously, I've, you know, they've sent me the emails. Hey, you want to look at, you know, and buy into this, and you and you go through the presentation. It's impressive. They do a great job. But for my personal confidence going in, I need to be the one that puts it together. I can commit it to memory better. On the way. And there's somebody like the suit, you know. It's you know, he, you know, he's he's got people. You know, championship game, off to Myrtle Beach. You know, Joe Bucks in Fiji right before the Super Bowl. No. Troy Aikman. No. 
sitting in a, making sure he's got everything you could have about Holy Cross football possible. Right down to the fact that Holy Cross has only six first downs in two games rushing, and they've given up, or they've only given up six first downs rushing, but 22 passing, 276 yards a game. It's bad when the talk show host knows more about the opponent than the analyst. (laughs) Don't you think? You would think it would be the other way around, yeah. Yeah, it's... I'm sitting here right now. I'm writing notes. What did what, you say about the first downs? Get <laughs> <sighs> the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> Somebody asked Doug while he was at the gym today, lifting weights. Said something about having to get his shoulders bigger and broader because he was going to have to carry a lot of stuff on Saturday. We'll have to ask Doug what he benches now on Friday. It's got to be over 300, man. (laughs) That's a lot to carry on Saturday. All right. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business. They have all your insurance needs covered, and they'll save you money whenever they can. (laughs) And you know what's really neat about Purdy Insurance? Their staff only takes a vacation when it's the right time to do it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I'm going to assume Mark Lawrence is in the studio tomorrow. Yes. You're in the studio now? I'm in the studio now and will be all week. Hmm. Doug is in his office. Presumably, or doing something from home, video-related. Or, 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 or maybe at the practice field. Could be, yeah. yeah. Doug will be in the broadcast booth. That is a definite, yes. And I'll be in my place at the PA, Mike. I'll be at Beaver Stadium with Jack Ham. That's right. At noon. Uh, in fact, I was working on charts yesterday. Um, where oh where is the Doug's color analyst? F O U L E D that spells foul Hey. You know we're gonna start referring to Doug as L W. Lone Wolf. It's uh, <laughs> today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business Insurance. They are the best in the business. You want to work with the best in the business. And. That's why you want to work with Purdy Insurance. There's terrific people. The Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament is going to be August 4th. Once again, giving back to the Valley. Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. 
Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and somewhere go to purdyinsurance.com. Special group. Boy, talk about some specials to deal with. Hey, hey, how about uh, our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key, Routes 11 to 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. I mean, they go through the full inspection. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Very quickly, some quick notes for you. Jim Ferry is going to be announced Wednesday as the new head basketball coach at UMBC. And UMBC, of course, you know, it's amazing how certain events happen. Larry Kristoyak, whom I personally like, was let go at Utah. Craig Smith then left Utah State, took the Utah job. Ryan Odom who took UMBC to the NCAA tournament and the win over Virginia, the only 16 to beat a one on the men's side, then leaves UMBC and takes the Utah State job, and then Jim Ferry now steps in. He'll be the new, introduced Wednesday as the new head basketball coach at UMBC. Same conference, the America East. John Becker up at Vermont. John Gallagher, Johnny Gall at Hartford. Some good teams in that league. He'll do a great job there. Next, Zach Kuntz, former Nittany Lion tight end, transferring to Old Dominion. Former Nittany Lion wide receiver T.J. Jones, transferring to Alabama Birmingham. And Micah Shrewsbury has his staff all set now. And this is what he has of course, the associate head coach is going to be uh, the associate head coach is going to be Adam Fisher. We talked about Aki Collins, and, you know, and Adam has great connections in the South, has great connections in Eastern Pennsylvania, Southeastern Pennsylvania, and then Aki Collins with his 20 years of experience on the staff we talked about that last week uh, next up is Michael uh, Farrelly St. Joe's grad played for Phil Martelli eventually became the interim head coach of Hofstra this past season he has really great recruiting connections in the northeastern part of the country Taylor Battle is going to be assistant to the head coach. Nick Colella is going to be the chief of staff. Greg Miskinna stays on as the strength and conditioning coach. And even though it's not a coaching position, Jonathan Salazar is the trainer and one of the best in the country. But you know what? Uh, he's kept, he's brought in a, a Penn Stater. He's kept on the staff, two Penn Staters. He's brought in other people on his own. In fact, his strength and conditioning coaches at Penn Stater, his chief of staff is a Penn Stater, his assistant to the head coach is a Penn Stater, right? Trainers of Penn Stater. His associate head coach is a Penn Stater. Then he brought in Aki Collins and Mike Farrelly from the outside. Uh, it's all about relationships. I think he's established a great foundation here with what he's done. 
Now, now it's a question of getting the players. There's been a lot of player movement going on. Penn State needs to be one of the players in the player movement coming up here. Uh, and Patrick Kelly, by the way, uh, you know we we mentioned transfers, and he put his name into the portal back in October. So this is this was not a new thing. I've known him. You know, Dick and I knew about it all season long. That he was in the transfer portal. Some reason when I blurted it out on the air, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, everybody acted like it was news. I'm like, the two of us are like, what? Been in the portal for months. Um, but nobody was looking, I guess, at that time. He ended up going to Fordham. All right, now let's get to the only story that Matt cares about. <laughs> and that is Howie Roseman. Now, it should be pointed out that. Matt wishes Howie Roseman took more of the approach of the suit. And then the week the Eagles are playing, he would go to Myrtle Beach. You know what? It just might be better that he just stay away. (laughs) That he would go to Myrtle Beach like the suit does. Championship game, let's go on vacation. Okay. That's that's how you push forward in this business. Um, (laughs) We all have our own methods. yeah, go on vacation in August. Don't come back until February, late February, and we'll be fine. It, it, I, I just sense there's just a level of hate again. When when Howie Roseman sues, and I admit that this is in reality the Macatrillo show, <laughs> and I was just along for the ride. I'm just going and, by what I see. That's all, and what I what I'm hearing. And in court, I will admit that it is. It's actually your show. And on the witness stand, I'm just going to volunteer and throw the suit under the bus. All right, so (laughs) with that, let's bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Sir, welcome. It's always a pleasure. Good to be with you. Well, The Athletic uh, brings out an interesting story today, which now has been repeated uh, by other uh, entities, with credit to The Athletic, about Howie Roseman and how the Eagles are run what did you think of the article? Uh, it All of a sudden, a lot of things make a lot more sense. A lot of things that you got elusive answers for uh, in press conferences. And uh, you read that article, and if you ever said to yourself, how did an organization go from winning the Super Bowl to a four-win season in which the franchise quarterback and the head coach are jettisoned? This is pretty much how you do it. Yeah. It is pretty much how you do it. How does one operate an organization like that when it seems like you've got so many things going for you? You'd think it would run smoother and be more wide open in communication and not have so much backstabbing. Ego is the first thing that comes to mind. And I think when you – first of all, I think you have to look at this Given all of this noise, it's amazing they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, in the midst of it, Good I think point. that's the real the real outlier is the fact that they were able to to grab the ring one year. Um, because, and I think I've said this to you before, you take out the Super Bowl year, yeah. and it's a very middle of the road at best decade of football, and. I think when you've got all this noise and then you win a Super Bowl, you're validated. Well, I obviously know what I'm doing. I obviously should continue, if not ramp it up, because we did 
we had this success with me doing this at a seven. Let's turn it up to 11. We'll win every Super Bowl. And you've got a lot of things, I think, people telling people what they want to hear. Just a bad situation all around and micromanaging and everybody has to be the smartest kid in the room and it's a recipe for disaster. Let's get to the smartest kid in the room part of it. Uh, you can hit on one or two here and there, but I, I feel like that now I'm after reading it, I have a better idea about the smartest kid in the room stuff when it comes to how they've drafted. Because mm-hmm. uh, they've drafted a couple of guys where I sat back and went, okay, that doesn't make any sense. And, and they give you the impression like, we know what we're doing, and then you watch them play and you realize they don't know what they're doing. Right. I mean... I could go down the list. I mean, if we want to go old school, think about like when they took Danny Watkins, the, yeah. the fireman who was an all. Now I know we're going back to the yeah. end of the Andy Reid, but sure. the guy who had no real interest in football and somebody got him in his crawl, Marcus Smith, you know, uh, a guy who was vilified, but it's not his fault. He wasn't the one that drafted him that high. Right. Like that's, you know, he, he, he didn't call, he didn't send his own card up to the podium. And then you look at, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yes. Uh, I know he's one of the guys referenced in the, you know, in in the article. Instead of the guys they could have taken, even this past year, I'm, I, I think the jury's out on Jalen Rager. You saw some signs that he could be a playmaker. But to take him over the Jefferson kid looks like just such an L that was right in front of you. This was not, you know... Taking Jefferson was not a was not a reach. It was not a well. I don't know. You know, could you know that was a, a slam dunk, and you pass on that to outthink yourself. You know, to take a kid who we can talk about the quarterback situation at TCU his final year, but he had like 650 yards receiving. <laughs> like, you know, when you had a, a, a almost a stone as much of a st- close to a stone cold lock at a position of need right in front of you, and then what's become a weekly conversation with us, you come back to the Jalen Hurts pick. Yeah. Like the, that that pick is almost criminal in what it's done to that yeah. to the organization, and it has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I know it's not his fault. It, no, and you know, and it's not anything he did. It's not anything about him as a person, as a player. But why, in that situation, would you go and take a quarterback in the second round? Period. But then, P.S. When you had gaping holes at other positions, and it just all smacks of arrogance and ego. We're smarter than you. Don't you worry about it. Just make sure your season ticket deposits in on time. Like it, yeah. it really. It really does. But you read that, and all of a sudden, a lot of the non-answers you get from Doug Peterson or the, like, the non-sequiturs and all these random stories that would come out the last three years that seem to be out of nowhere, all of a sudden it all kind of fits. And it just it weaves this tapestry of dysfunction. Well, as you know, when the, the day after they drafted Rager, as you know, I was not big on the pick. Mm-hmm. To me, any time that you make a pick... And then you have to start making excuses as to why. Yep. I mean, like, immediately. Well, the quarterback situation at TCU, I'm sitting there going, what the heck are you talking about? Exactly. And, and that's, see, anytime I hear anybody making immediate excuses as to why they had the kind of season or career they had, I sit back and say, there's something not right here. And especially, it's. I agree with you, and it's exacerbated when the Jefferson kid's sitting there a tip yeah. up pick later. Like, yeah. 
you know, it's if it's really uh, if it's a position of desperate need, yes, and you're looking at a pool of similar uh, players, and you have a preference for one on the other, then yes, I I think there's more of an argument to be made of what you're saying where you. Maybe you have to defend some stuff, but when there's like one, and I'm not even saying this in retrospect, like it's not like this is you know, right. Where knew the kid was going to be the old? What was the the big knock against Jefferson? Well, he only ran, he was only a slot receiver. Like <laughs> that was, if I remember correctly, that was like the big talking point against him. Like yeah. that, you know, can that translate to the NFL? Uh, newsflash: Yes. Like yeah. you know, it was a it was a problem. It was a answer in search of a question and. I, you know, but like I said, you read that article and it it just makes yeah, a I lot know. of sense. Yeah. It makes and it's from the top down. You know, Jeffrey yeah. Jerry Jones gets a lot of flack for his fingerprints being on everything, and now we look and maybe Jeffrey Lurie's of that ilk as well, right. and he just it was kept out of the public eye. Well, it's not twenty twenty hindsight when two people are talking about the draft. Like a day or two after time, we would have talked on Monday after that draft, mm-hmm. and, and the two of us are sitting there saying, "Why didn't they take Jefferson? Yeah, All right? Why did they take Hertz when they had other needs? I mean, this isn't 2020. We said it in the moment. Oh, the the Hertz thing. I remember watching the when that pick came up. I honest to God thought it had to be some kind of a technical goof. Like, nah, there's no way the Eagles would take quarter Like, now, nah, that that can't be right. That or they're going to trade them. Like, this was a pick they took to turn around and trade. And, right. And then you listen to, you know, Howie Roseman patting himself on the back. We want to be a quarterback factory. And you're like, oh, God, they have no idea what they've just done. Uh, exactly. <laughs> they really, they, they don't see it. They don't see it at all. I know. At all. Yeah. Uh, Alec Bone, by the way, was out at home play last night. So. I'll tell you what, that's. I will, what I will say, if he was called out. Yeah, they wouldn't have changed it. I mean, it wouldn't have changed. Right. Both ways, like, it's just. It's, it, uh, okay, it, let it, me put it this way. The Michael Penix play against Penn State, if they had called him short on replay, they wouldn't mm-hmm. still they they wouldn't have changed it. Right. I, in other words, that was one of those that was going to stand on the field as called. And it was yeah. the same thing with the bone play last night. They were going to stick with the call on the field. Yeah, because there was one replay. You know, you see the angles, and there's some angles where you're like, oh, God, he missed it by three inches. Yeah. And then you see another replay when you're like, oh, I can make the argument that yeah. he got the corner there. And right. it's just enough to throw your arms up and say, you know what, whatever they said is fine. Right. I, I, like I said, if they if the, the Penix play, if they'd called him short on the field, they'd have upheld it. Yep. Right. I agree. If they if they they called him in, which they did, they'd have upheld it. Same thing with the yep. ball and play, but he missed it. So <laughs> I mean, I have no dog in the hunt. I mean, no dog in the hunt. I just think he he just missed the plate. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. All right, we'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Your connection to Myrtle Beach. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As the days get warmer, our attention turns to home improvements and even starting a new business. Remember, you can't expect the unexpected. Protect yourself, your family, your business with insurance from Purdy Insurance. We're independent and local and we'll find the right insurance to fit your needs. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570-286-5855. 
send us an email or go to our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you. Dustin, we'd be honored if you'd place the green jacket on our newest champion, Hideki Matsuyama. Thank you. Congratulations, Hideki. Thanks. That was uh, Fred Ridley, the chairman of Augusta National. As uh, yesterday, Dustin Johnson plays the green jacket on Hideki Matsuyama. Osaka, who's a great tennis player, won the U.S. Open. Now Hideki Matsuyama. I wonder if those are two candidates to light the cauldron at the Olympics. All right. Um, the big story, of course, uh, that a lot of people are, and you may not have heard too much about it, but there was, because it happened last night, but Dante Wright um, was shot by police. Evidently, she, the police officer, thought that she was using her taser gun. She was not. Well, in response to that, the Twins, the Timberwolves, and the Wild have all postponed their games for today. The Twins were supposed to play the Red Sox at 2 o'clock. The two teams actually warmed up, and they actually played the national anthem. And then they said, um, I don't think we should be playing today. And so they decided not to play. Now, that was going to be an afternoon game. Remember, Target Field is located just on the edge of downtown. Uh, you see uh, U.S. Bank Stadium is right in the thick of downtown. About four blocks down from there is the Target Center, which is really a part of the downtown. On the opposite, on the other side of the Target Center is Target Field, so it's all right in that area. Uh, the Nets were supposed to play the T-Wolves in the Target Center tonight. That's been postponed. Now, the Wild play in St. Paul across the river about eh, know, 10, 12 miles away. Uh, they were supposed to play the St. Louis Blues tonight, and that's been postponed until May 12th. Now, were there any fans in the ballpark at the uh, Target Field? Yes, they're allowing fans, yeah. Yeah, they allow fans in. Um, Just feel like that was curious timing as to why they didn't make the decision like I, way before 2 o'clock and you bring all the fans in. Well, but you know, you know you're talking about a game that could go 5 to 6. They've already had some some issues downtown and they, they just thought out of respect they should do this and then maybe it's out of respect to the crowd too. They look, we don't want you being released into the streets. Now, you can leave anytime you want but a lot of people stay to the end and the game's at 210 Suddenly about 5.30, 6 o'clock, you're out, and I think there are certain areas of uh, Minneapolis are going to, to a 7 o'clock uh, to 6 a.m. curfew. So I think they wanted, that's three, uh, 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 three counties around Minneapolis. I think they wanted to make sure everybody could get out of there as quickly as possible. And, of course, you already have the Chauvin trial taking place. <laughs> 